0: Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I am the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'll be with you for the next 20 minutes or so to chat about an interesting topic that's a bit of a different take on multifamily real estate investing, and that is follow the money. Today we're gonna talk about what happens to your dollar when you invest in multifamily real estate. Obviously, you get a nice return, right? You get some cash back. You get your dollar turns into a buck and a half, or whatever it happens to turn into. Uh, you get some tax advantages. Hopefully, you sleep well at night knowing you've invested in a good, safe, quality property. Those are all the things we do for our clients. Uh, but we want to talk a little deeper about where that dollar actually goes. If you have questions, shoot me an email: pat at mara polling m a r a p o l i n g dot com. Feel free to swing by the website, lots of good educational material there, and please subscribe so that you can benefit from all of our podcast material, which we hope are very helpful. We have a few episodes left this year, and then we'll be heading into season four. We've got some exciting news we're gonna share in January about season four. So uh, please join us for the next couple of weeks and uh, be subscribed and uh, stay tuned for, uh, pardon me, for season four at the beginning of next year. All right, follow the money. Um, so this is not a, a political thriller. Uh, this, is not, um, this is not all the president's man and all the other good stuff. Um, and this phrase has been co-opted for lots of different reasons. It's a good phrase though, to really cover the topic we wanna to talk about today, which is a dollar goes into the investment machine and then where does it go? As I said, we, we know what it does from a return standpoint. Those are the things generally that get talked about, right? How much money am I gonna get back on a monthly or quarterly basis? Uh, what's gonna happen to my money in terms of growth? How big is it gonna get and how long is that gonna take? Uh, what Are there any tax advantages I'm gonna have? Uh, and as we begin that process, we always start with security and stability. Um, How safe is my dollar, Uh, am I am I putting this on red or black and we're spinning the wheel uh, or is this something more stable and obviously those are all the things we look to optimize in the total return that Mara polling provides its clients, I want to talk a little deeper though about what that dollar does. Uh, Some of you may be interested in doing what I would describe as socially conscious investing. Uh, You may have looked to some low-income housing investments. You might do uh, investments that are uh, environmentally focused, uh, maybe around energy conservation uh, or renewables or other uh, activities like that. Those are great. And uh, that happens. Those aren't things that we focus on a great deal, simply because we don't have a lot of experience uh, in that particular section of the uh, of the economy. What we do know is we do know the bread and butter heart of multifamily real estate. And I wanted to take a little bit of time to simply talk about what happens to that dollar and what are all the positives that come from that dollar being invested because it is very positive. And these are obviously not just your dollars or dollars that you invest or that people have invested with Mara Polling, But these are all the dollars that have gone into the multifamily space, which is, you know, not just millions and tens of millions and hundreds of billions, billion, it's billions of dollars that have been invested in this space just in the last number of years. And those billions of dollars have done and continue to do a lot of interesting things. And we just wanted to talk about that. You know, where does your dollar go? Um, who does it touch? Uh, how does it make a difference? Does it make a difference? Um, so let's So let's start with the obvious, which is, it buys an asset, right? So that dollar is used to buy something. And as we've said before, it's a physical thing. It's an asset that you're purchasing. It's a piece of real property, but it's also a business that you're buying. And that's ultimately the way the whole machine works, right? From an investment standpoint. But by buying that asset, it does something day one, and that is it keeps that asset in the supply. So it is available to prospective tenants as a potential unit to live in. And that may sound rather obvious, uh, you know, the kind of things we invest in, class Bs, those assets generally aren't on the chopping block to be demolished if they're not um, purchased. Um, but across the entire spectrum, that absolutely is part of it, and there are units every year that are taken out of service, either by um, by owners who have another uh, intention with the property, or owners that simply know that that property is not going to be viable on the sales market. It's it's the land is more valuable than the asset itself, and so by investing in assets. Uh, that are purchased, uh, your dollar is keeping that unit in the supply, which then increases the amount of supply that we have, right, by simply not allowing it to decrease. Uh, And that helps with the housing shortage issue that we have in the country, that supply-demand imbalance obviously being one of the things that drives the attractiveness of multifamily. uh, But this is a good thing, right, buying those assets and keeping them in the supply. That dollar goes to improve the asset. We focus on value-add properties. Uh, Some properties are are rehabs, rehabilitation projects. Uh, Those tend to be items that have a different risk profile, so we tend not to invest in those. Uh, But those are really valuable too. All of these assets that are invested in where there's an improvement element, those are really valuable because they're doing a number of things. One, they're bringing that op, that uh, asset to current operating standards, which ensures that that asset's gonna continue operating for some extended period of time. That's true, certainly, for the interior cosmetic kinds of improvements. It's absolutely true for more of the systems and structural and mechanical issues. So improvements in HVAC systems or roofs or uh, structural uh, issues, foundations and the like, All of those things add life to an asset, and by adding life to that asset, that asset is gonna stay in supply longer, and there's real value that comes to uh, the economy and society from that uh, having happened. Uh, You know, one of the biggest line items on our operating expense budgets, and this is gonna be true for any investment that you're making in the multifamily space, is going to be the staff the people that manage and maintain the property right so the maintenance folks the people that are doing the uh, unit turns uh, at expiration the leasing agents and the leasing staff the property management team the accountants all the folks that are involved get a paycheck because of this and then we've got that wonderful ripple effect through the economy of they have their own places they live, whether it's an apartment or a home, uh, they buy cars, they buy food, they send their kids to school, they do all sorts of great things. And so all of those dollars that we spend on the OPEC side, whether they go to staff or, or a contractor or wherever, they end up going into the economy. Uh, and the fact that we are doing improvements means we're putting more dollars in uh, our our typical uh, asset is gonna have five, eight, ten thousand dollars per unit invested in improvements. And those dollars go to do all sorts of things, not just in improving the asset, but then ultimately as they flow through to the uh, equipment and uh, materials suppliers, as well as to the contractors that do uh, all of that work. So you can imagine that multiplied across thousands and thousands and thousands of acquisitions every year, how many hundreds of millions of dollars are pumped into the economy from those kinds of improvements. I mentioned that staff is one of the biggest items on the uh, operating expense side. Another large one is property taxes. Uh, now we would love to say that we don't pay prop- <laughs> that we'd rather not pay property taxes. And certainly, as a pure investor, you'd love to be in a position where you could say, "Hey, I can reduce my operating expenses considerably." Um, but we do pay property taxes. And a, a thought to keep in mind: uh, I was sharing this with someone the other day, and I, they pondered for a moment, and said, "You know, I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way." Is while we pay the property taxes, the tenants actually pay them. Right. Tenants pay rent, we pay the operating expenses and it goes on. So all you all you wonderful renters out there, wherever you may be, whether you're listening or whether you're you all are passing this on to someone who's a tenant, um, you're paying property taxes. You're paying for the way your community operates. You're paying for schools and police and fire and all the other things that property taxes pay for. You're a part of that. Now you don't get a tax bill from the tax authority that you then sit down and write a check out once or twice a year, but you absolutely are paying those property taxes and they flow through uh, through your rent and they flow through us on out to, uh, to be paid to those agencies and that's an enormous source of income for the community. Uh, and we pay big tax bills, right? So, you know, a individual home owner nearby might pay a few thousand dollars a year. We're paying a few hundred thousand dollars a year. So substantial numbers uh, moving into the local, not just the local economy, but into the community. And uh, so from that standpoint, we're happy to do that. I would love to pay fewer property taxes. That would, be, that would be great if we could find a way to do that. And we're happy to pay the taxes that we do pay and support the communities that we are all members of. One of the things that I think is apparent but is worth calling out is, you know we get a chance to provide people a home and hopefully a good quality home, a home that's in a nice neighborhood that has good schools that uh, has uh, safety and security for them so that they feel uh, comfortable and that they can sleep well at night, just as our investors uh, and you all, we want you all to sleep well at night. Uh, And really provide a home, uh, an environment that is a home, not just a place to rest your head, uh, but a place that really can be yours and that can be your home. And you'll see that with many of the assets that we purchase, that that's a, a portion of what we focus on is uh, the movement from an apartment, a rental unit, to an apartment home, a town home, whatever you might want to call it, that, uh, that allows people really to make this uh, their home. And in doing so, not just be a part of their lives in a positive way and feel good about what we're able to do for them, uh, but that improves the community, right? When we can provide good quality housing so that people can have homes, then that improves the quality of of the communities that, uh, that we're in. So lots of good things to feel positive about in terms of your investment dollar. Yeah, you get a nice return. And there's a lot of other things that happen from that that are really positive. There's also another side of the equation that we don't wanna forget, and that is when we purchase this asset, you know, we bought the asset and that keeps it in supply and then we get to improvement and all the other things I just mentioned. There's the other side of that transaction, which is there was a seller and that seller got their money. And in almost every single instance, that seller got more than they put in to start with. So they they got some gain And when and that gain that they received in addition to their original capital coming back now goes somewhere, right, into some new kind of opportunity. Now, it's possible it doesn't go into multifamily, right? It's possible it goes to some other piece of real estate or possibly not even into real estate, goes somewhere else in the economy. But we know that an enormous amount of that that, uh, gain and those proceeds go back into the multifamily space. Some of it goes in in terms of new development there is a there is a shortage, a supply demand imbalance in multifamily. We are not building enough units nationally every year to keep pace with the growth that we have. And the new development that we have tends to be clustered in specific segments, uh, Class A uh, being um, being one of those. Um, but it's quite possible that the seller, that has now got the check we gave them, is gonna turn around and go build one of those new developments. And as they build that new development, that does add supply, which helps alleviate some of the challenge that the country has relative to a housing shortage. Now, not enough of that new development is going on, and that has more to do with the economics of what it costs to develop uh, to fully take care of the shortage that we have. Uh, and that, as I said, is part of what makes multifamily an opportunity uh, for us from an investment standpoint, but that's certainly part of it. Obviously, they can also do what we've done and simply buy another asset, which keeps it in the market and go make another set of improvements uh, and so on. So all of those uh, are um, are very positive and there's other things they might take that money to invest in uh, to um, uh, to drive the market forward. Getting capital moving like that is an important part of how our piece of the housing industry contributes to the health and vitality of the economy. So when you put a dollar in here, it's different than putting a dollar into some other kinds of investments, right? There are other investments that, while they're structured long-term, they're long-term. I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna hang on to it. Uh, When you purchased your home, If it's the home you're raising your family in, that might be a home you're planning on owning for 20 or 30 years. Our typical hold period on one of our assets might be around five years, which means every five years, those dollars are moving around, creating more value in the economy every time that they go about uh, doing that. Now, none of this is to diminish the value that your dollar gets in terms of its return, right? So when you put that dollar in, you are getting month, Uh, monthly or quarterly distributions back, uh, you're getting some income. Your dollar is growing to become a dollar and 10 cents, a dollar and 30 cents, a dollar and 80 cents, two dollars, two and a half, whatever the number might happen to be, depending upon the length of time you're in an investment. Your Getting some sheltering of that income from a tax standpoint, and some favorable tax treatment on the back end uh, when you uh, when you do harvest those um, those gains. And our model is focused on investing in assets that are very secure and stable on the low risk end of the of the spectrum. So we think this is a bit of a have your cake and eat it too kind of investment opportunity, where there is an opportunity to invest as a good investor, as a good steward of your hard-earned dollars uh, and to get a decent return and sleep well at night and all the other things I just mentioned, and at the same time feel good about the fact that your dollars are doing something valuable, right? Um, Now, if you choose, for example, let's, let's pick on poor gold. If you want to put some money in gold, that's great. And the person that sells you the gold or the stores the gold might get a little bit of income out of that, and there's some value that goes on there. And then it's just going to sit, right? And because gold is, is isn't a thing that does anything, it's 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 a element of value that simply sits there. And eventually, possibly, you access it. And in many instances, if you own gold, you don't own gold to do anything with it someday. You simply own gold to own it uh, as the ultimate hedge. So there are investments out there where you can uh, feel good about the investment from a financial standpoint, and there's not much of an impact beyond that. An investment in multifamily real estate has other value to it beyond just the financial. And that's why we encourage you when you're looking at these investments to give some thought to, well, how, how might that uh, be impactful? And again, we think what we do has a, has a nice rounded uh, component to it. Uh, good value-add, uh, good assets in quality communities. Uh, we're happy to uh, participate and to pay our fair share for the, the quality of the asset and the quality of the communities we get to live in uh, and get the nice returns that we, um, that we get as well. So I hope you enjoyed today, just a bit of a different look at multifamily real estate investing, uh, uh, not typical of what we might normally talk about on these podcasts. But as we head into this time of year, uh, it's always nice to give a bit of a different look uh, to um, to things. I would encourage you, if you have not subscribed, please do so. As I said, we've got some exciting announcements we'll be making at the beginning of the year about season four and uh, all the great stuff we'll have going on uh, next year. Please join us again next week for our next episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling.